Welcome everyone to another episode of the Boat Princess podcast. I've got a really interesting interviewee in front of me today, um, Melanie Symes from Innova Marina. That's how I pronounce it. Is that correct, That's Melanie? right, Nikki. Thank yeah. you, yes, Innova Marina. Yeah. Um, she has been working in this industry for a long time and she's learnt a great deal and she's shared a lot of it with us um, in uh, a documentary form, which we're going to talk about later. So, Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks ever so much, Nikki. Thanks for all the work you do. Certainly promoting women is is, is absolutely fantastic and we definitely need it, let's face it. No, it's, uh, it's, I, I love it because I, I get to meet so many incredibly interesting people with different brains. Your, your brain is, is uh, very much focused on sustainability and, and uh, knowledge in marinas. So tell me, how did your, how did your world start? Where was your childhood and your education? Well, I grew up in Birmingham, which is about as far as the sea, far from the sea as you can get. Um, but we had a lot of sailing holidays. We spent a lot of time near the coast. My father built a boat and um, so we spent, you know, plenty of time on the water. Um, and well, it's a pretty derivative story, unfortunately. Um, I was working as a, as a ski rep and um, fell in love with one of my customers. Absolutely the thing that you don't do. Yeah. And um, uh, I then had a, a skiing accident and um, I was I was based in, in Birmingham just waiting for the for the operation to happen. But you know, using the weekends and the odd week to go sailing with my partner then. Um, so he, he was working on a super yacht um, racing, which was, was just absolutely superb. Um, then he had the chance to, to do the arc part of, you know, a bigger, a far bigger event that the boat was doing. So, um, so off I popped, there we go. And, um, and then we end up in the Canaries. And, and so that's how I got there from the middle of the land to an island in the middle yeah. of the Atlantic. Wow. Explain to our listeners what the ARC is. Um, so that's the Atlantic Rally for Cruisers. It was um, founded by Jimmy Cornell, who has since, you know, become a friend. He's he's an absolutely extraordinary character. Um, one of the most seasoned cruisers that you'll come across. And certainly someone that I have seen inspire so many people with um, his knowledge, with his enthusiasm, with um, everything that he knows about cruising, which is very, very extensive. Um so that's a rally there. It has grown from strength to strength. It leaves from um, Gran Canaria in the, in the Canaries every year, and it's now become a three departure event. So really mobilising the city and, and bringing a lot of money to that marina and, and that's and that city. It's um it's particularly focused on boats that um, want to cross the Atlantic, have never done it before, yeah. but would like the security of cruising in company. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great fun, absolutely great fun. In, in this particular case, there were super yachts and we were racing. And um, well, you know, I don't need to tell you how marvelous sailing is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, it's, it's an incredible feeling sailing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a freedom that is very hard to feel any other way. It's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all those things, you know, the, the scary moments, the brown trouser moments, <laughs> and and the dynamic on board, and and how all these things progress. You know, it's, it's, it's a world in itself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you've started your world of boating, racing, super yachts. Of course you have. So um, <laughs> where have you gone from there? Um, so so we, we ended up in Lanzarote and um, my, my partner was setting up a business there. I fell into the marina, I think just by dint of perhaps a, a natural path. And um, it was a superb little company that was just starting out. 
um, a married couple that were, were organizing excursions, very similar actually to the boat that we went out on yesterday with the marina tour at the conference. Okay. Um, which was a catamaran. Which was way. a sailing catamaran. Big sailing catamaran. That's right. Um, but it was a very dynamic group. We were, you know, young people from all over Europe and, and beyond, um, excitable, I suppose. And so, you know, you just couldn't have much more fun as a young person. Yeah. And that grew um, quite remarkably, actually, in a small amount of time, um, from a one-boat operation to three. And, well, you can imagine, you know, success. So that was a charter fun. operation. Exactly. Yeah. And from then, um, well, I started having children and um, then joined the marina per se, um, became part of the uh, reception team, so welcoming boats, organizing reservations, then it became um, a whole, then we started receiving super yachts, which was, of course, the whole extremely glamorous. Um, and then we started to run um, events, started to attract events to the marina. And okay. I think that's where the job changed, you know, from, from, from a receptionist to someone who is um, receiving and coordinating events, working um, with, you know, international groups, going overseas, working with them, um, understanding how they, how they operate and then, um, then bringing the joy of bringing that event to your destination and making it work is, is really something that I think was probably the highlight, one of the highlights of the job that I did. Yeah. So give me an example of one of those events. Um, well, there are a few actually. So um, the Mini Transit was, was fun. It's got a, a very specific culture. I, I don't know if you know much about it. Um, basically, these are boats that race with an absolute minimum of communication. So they'll find themselves in the mid-Atlantic with no one to talk to. So obviously from a, from a sort of, um, a psychological point, it's, it's, it's very, very, very challenging, but it's also very exciting. So this, this is the start in France of a boater's career, yeah. racing career. Um, um, and they are up to a sort of 80 boats or so in these, they're very small. It's a, a 6.5 meter boat. Yeah. Um, some of them are very fragile. In fact, we had one that came a cropper on the, on the very, um, sharp, sort of cosine of, of Lanzarote in, in a storm. And, um, and that was, well, luckily the, the guy was incredibly tenacious. He, he held on to a piece of hull because the, you know, the, the, the lifeguard couldn't get to them because he was in such shallow water. Wow. Um, but he made it through the night and, the, and then just coming to see, a, you know, poor guy the next day destroyed with, with just parts of his boat around him and Goodness. one of his bags that had been recovered. Um, and, the, and yet, you know, he, he got up, you know, was able to reclaim something on the, on the insurance and started again. There's wow. these lovely stories of individuals go beyond their capacity. Um, you know, they, they, they have to do every single part of their campaign by getting the money, um, organizing all, all well, the whole, the whole boat, everything that you need to do something like that and, and train, of course. So training is quite, is quite significant. So, um, I went to Dwarnone at the time. This was the group that were organizing the event. And they really brought me into the family. You know, they, they sort of introduced me to everybody around. So I became, you know, part of the local scene, um, stayed in the house with, um, you know, all sorts of characters. For me, very impressive, you know, local media or national media and, and the whole sort of kernel of the sailing scene there. And, um, and then we, they showed me how they, how they did it. They sort of, was a sort of induction into the culture of the mini transat. Then um, we worked on our destination using a sort of um, barinage. So, so well, God, <laughs> a 
a godfather system. No, that's that's completely the wrong word, and, and in fact, not the, not a non-gendered word. <laughs> um, you work with the local companies so that they will support an individual, many. Yeah, and that's what they did. So, so you end up, you know, including the whole community, so that when the boats actually arrive, there's a great buzz. You know, everybody's into it, and um, they're all very excited to see the boats, and they're very excited to share and welcome. And you know, talk about their destination and share the values of their destination. They gave them gifts, so it becomes from a visiting fleet to an event. Wow, that sounds amazing! So uh, these events were, you know, think you've kind of been thrown into this role, haven't you? You, you've obviously got some skills you've brought from, uh, you know, yourself as a person. What do you think? Um, how do you think? doing those events grew you as a person? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, we had this discussion yesterday, actually, and I think there's something very profound about working in an international scene. When you've got, and and it's certainly, you know, very much a a key feature of Trans Europe, we are um, 80 members across 12 countries. So we get together on a regular basis and we have a chat. And when we have a chat, you know, say there's five people in the room, there will inevitably be four or five different nationalities. So you all come together with a different viewpoint, a different cultural understanding, different experience. And, um, and it's not just, you know, that sort of melting pot of ideas, that's, that's sort of the, the, you know, extensiveness of, of that um, range of ideas. It's also the fact that because we all speak different languages, or perhaps English isn't the first of, of most there's a lot of patience, there's a lot of, you know, forgiving, there's a lot of understanding, desire to listen, you know, active, active listening taken to a different level. And, um, and it's a very special sort of environment to be in. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. So let's just go back a bit there because people don't yet know that you are the uh, Secretary General for Trans Europe Marinas. So explain to me exactly what that is for our listeners. So Trans Europe um, started about 35 years ago. Um, the idea was to bring together small, independent, often family-run marinas around the um, Channel area, the English Channel between between Britain and France, um, and protect them all and uh, sort of boost them um, in light of the competitive challenge that they were facing from group marinas. Yes, you know, offering competitive prices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, it's a natural response to sort of come together. Um, so, so there was you know, promotion between the, all of them and then a, um, a discounted birthing um, benefit given to the members. So then you start to sort of offset that challenge and that grew and grew. So in 35 years, we're now sort of 80 members in 12 countries. And um, it's a group of friends more than anything. We share a lot of good practice. We get together, we have a good time. Um, a lot of, you know, really good fellow feeling. So you're actually creating a, a group of marinas from individually owned marinas to give them that strength of power of of feeling like a, a group, aren't you? Yeah, and, and the benefits of being in a group, which we've discussed a lot at the conference over the last two days, you know, consolidation of groups to strengthen the voice. Ironically, we do actually have <laughs> a third of our members that are chain marinas now, but the diversity is very important. And so what they bring to the table is, you know, the wealth of all their experience, you know, the 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 um, benefits of having all of those resources that they have to be able to take the steps that small marinas can't take by themselves. And so we work together, we share ideas and everybody benefits. Yeah. And as Secretary General, now that's not a term of phrase we use. It's a very European term, that Secretary General. 
Hey? <laughs> I don't call myself. <laughs> is that not what you're, because that's what you're on your LinkedIn is, 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 oh, okay. is you're listed yeah. as. So um, what do you call yourself and, and what is your role in that Well, it really is just the secretary, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm the only person that, um, that is paid to work for the, for the organisation, yeah. which is um, mostly a voluntary, as, as these things are. As, as you know, the, the selling culture really promotes that and engenders that, I think, the collaborative community spirit. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's just, it's just, well, the paperwork, bring things together. We're starting a new project soon, which is quite exciting. Um, collaborating or, or learning from the association. So European boating industry and Icomia, um, and, and maintaining those links. Um, but we have, we're very lucky to have very, very good marinas with very experienced managers. So, um, in themselves, you know, they bring a lot to the table. Yeah. Yeah, it must be fascinating. It's great. It's yeah. great. It's absolutely great. Yeah, I always learn something, always, without any question. And it's not just knowledge. Sometimes it's just social skills, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So have you, were you approached for that position? How did, how did that position come about for you? I was very lucky. Um, when I was working in Calera Marinas in, in Lanzarote, um, their family, it was a family owned, it is a family owned, very successful. They just celebrated 40 years, uh, wow. 40th anniversary. Um, they were great about sending me out. Um, so they gave me a huge amount of opportunity and leeway um, to move internationally, to, to meet, to represent the company in associations. So um, I'm very, very grateful for that, really. I think I've had opportunities that many, many other people haven't had. And, and I think, you know, sort of common sense, um, would suggest that it's just simply by having the linguistic capacity just made it so much easier to communicate and and get around. Um, I speak French, so that's why the mini transat thing and etc. So um, so yes, yeah. And you live in Spain, don't you? In in the Canaries, yeah, yeah in the Canaries. <gasps> so you speak Spanish as well? Um, yeah, my children laugh at me every day, <laughs> and I have to say, living in a foreign country where um, you know, even if you have a basic understanding or, or even a sort of intermediate understanding, it's just embarrassment every day. You put your foot in it all the time, all the time. <laughs> There's never a day go by. The thing is you have to force yourself to speak, otherwise you don't advance. Yeah. But um, you will always embarrass yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. So I, I remember working that. with a fabulous Italian in London when I was in the Hotel Times and, he, and one time he said to me, I haven't seen, some, somebody came into the office and he said, I haven't seen you for donkey's months. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's what I'm you know, doing that, that's, a, that's a perfect example, and I loved it. Uh, so. so that's a sweet one, is when you really put your foot in it that it gets bad. Anyway, <laughs> I won't even go there because cringeworthy. So you, you do talk about on your, um, your LinkedIn, you mentioned a, a phrase that's nautical translation. Can you explain to me what you mean by that? Um, well, that's very, very simple. So, so as you know, um, there's a vocabulary that comes with our industry, isn't there? Mm. And it's fairly specific. And so um, I do translation just because, you know, speaking the languages and, and because that was part of my job. So, um, so I just offer that service from time to time to impress to, to companies that, that need it. Um, I think with any translation, you know, that has that very sort of idiosyncratic sort of language, um, you need to have the capacity to understand and translate it properly. So yeah, so that's all that is. Yeah. And um, 
So Innova Marina, you started in 2019. Why did you, did, did you see a gap in the market that was a need there that you thought, I can do that and that's how it started or did something happen that you thought, oh, okay, I need to do this or? That's a generous what, what, interpretation. What, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, several things actually. I think um, I found myself shifting in terms of my beliefs um, Several things happened. There were, um, as you know, you know, particularly where where we were, and, and I'm sure where you are as well. Um, you you meet sailors who inspire you. So many people come through with profound stories or profound levels of humility, despite all of their achievements. And um, and again, this was a, a Jimmy Cornell event. He was running the Atlantic Odyssey, um, and one of the boats was. Um, uh, sea Dragon, um, Pangea Explorations, I think now in it. it. And this was a campaign being run by Emily Penn. I don't know if you've come across her. She's, you know, a very impressive woman who's done an awful lot and, and sailor who's done an awful lot in, in the realm of um, marine sustainability. Um, so so she, she turns up with her boat and all the women um, have these T-shirts on, you know, emblazoned across their breast. Yeah, so um, starting in Over Marina was... Um, a choice made over a, a really long time, actually. Um, lots of reasons for it, um, partly because I felt that, you know, I, I was, you know, commercial and, and um, marketing manager for these three marinas. It it's become a bit sort of samey day after day. And you get to a point in your life, I, I would imagine, particularly as a woman, you know, when your children are reaching a certain age and you think, my goodness, is this my future? Am I going to be doing this until I die? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, um, and so I thought, well, I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to do something for myself. Otherwise, um, you know, I'm not going to progress and it's not going to be a satisfying future for me. And, um, we've done a few things. We had, a, we, we ran a really nice, um, event every year, which was timed with the World Oceans Day and World Environment Day. And we brought together all of the operators in the marina and also a whole load of conservation groups and activities and put that on for children and, and their families. And it was a wild success. You know, people came year after year. They loved it. We, you know, built those connections with, with the environmental groups around us. We learned a lot because unless you connect with them, you don't understand really much about the local biodiversity, about the threats, the, you know, the sensibilities of the area, what you need to do as, as a boater to be able to prevent damage to these and, and the actions that you can very easily put into place, you know, about collecting marine debris, that sort of thing. Um, so, um, so that was something that I wanted to do more of, but there yeah. wasn't really the sort of space to do that. Um, I wanted to work in sustainability. It wasn't that I saw an opportunity. It was that I saw a need and, and something that marinas could really do, um, with little effort, um, but with potentially quite an important impact. Yeah. So you've started this company to, to get that message across to marinas. Yeah. So, um, so one of the interesting boats we were, we were talking earlier about um, how boats can come in all shapes and sizes and, and, and with very influential people on board that really have an impact, you know, on you over their lives. Particularly where we were, we had a lot of people doing round the world um, circumnavigations, um, doing regattas and races, and and really having you know very profound adventure. One of these boats um, was part of Jimmy Cornell's Atlantic Odyssey, 
and um, and these these girls came in. It was it was a boat of girls doing an all female expedition, um, and they had across their t-shirts emblazoned this copper feel. And I was like, goodness gracious, <laughs> that's a bit outre, <laughs> even for yeah. sailors. Yeah. Um, and what they were actually doing was trying to promote early detection of breast cancer. Right. They'd yeah. done all these studies beforehand, taking hair samples and blood samples to um, detect whether they had forever chemicals in their blood. And they were going to open these um, on during the trip, during the, uh, the Atlantic crossing and discuss, you know, what aspects of their lives might have led them to be in touch with forever chemicals. And um, they were also doing plastic um, sampling along the way. And I thought, like, this is marvellous, mm-hmm. you know, having this discussion amongst women, you know, in, in a safe space with, with people who were already, you know, uh, leaders and, you know, impressive characters in themselves. One of them um, also chatted to these people was uh, Dr. Emma um, Jambek, who at the end of that, she'd been doing some um, very extensive studies on plastic in the ocean. When the boat reached the other side in the Caribbean, this news came out, this was 2015, about the 8 million tonnes of plastic entering the ocean. This was her work. And, um, and that, I mean, we still use that figure, even though we know that it's now a lot more, you know, sort of more in the region of, of 13 and upwards. We still quote that 8 million because it was such a profound piece of news at that time. And this was that very person, you know, who'd released that news herself was part of that team. So this is sort of an, you know, an idea of the, of the caliber of people who were doing this trip together, dedicating their time to studying more about, um, toxins in our environment and, and how, you know, we are vulnerable to that. Wow. So you've actually, culmin- well, not culminated because you're, you're still doing this business, but you've produced um, a piece of information and documentation that's incredibly useful to marinas now, which you, um, is, you've called the Introduction to Sustainability for Marinas. And we've been talking at this World Marinas Conference, which is where we are right now, a lot about sustainability. Um, and uh, that document is is very detailed and goes into a, a lot of a lot of information for marinas. What do you think are some key points you'd like to to I guess put into this podcast so that they can just understand a few ways that marinas can um, work towards sustainability and 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 helping our environment? <laughs> well, thank you, Nikki. Um, it's well, it's a big document and covers a lot of topics because it covers everything. Sustainability is part of everything now. We, we yeah. absolutely can't deny it. And, and the more you look at it, the wider it is. And so, you know, I've, I've spoken to others about extending it with more topics because there is so much to include in there. Um, I'll probably start by saying that it's a collaborative document. So, you know, part of the work is mine and a lot of the content comes from other members of the industry um, who are similarly passionate and probably far more expert in their, in their particular realms and have have put some very nice pieces together. So yeah, really, really pleased with with that. And I think, you know, very fortunate that people are so collaborative. Um I think social, social sustainability is a big one because it's something that we sort of veer away from a little bit, um, particularly the nature of the industry being sort of white male predominant. Yes. Um, so that's an issue. Um learning how to perceive that in your company. Um, I think, so there are some guidelines on that. I think, you know, that, that's just some very, very basic steps. If you've never considered perhaps, you know, the patterns in the way in which, you know, you, you, you do recruitment or you push people into certain roles, um, or all your women are either, 
you know, reception or cleaners or, or whatever, then you might not be aware of how um, subconscious bias is kicking in. Precisely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Esteban Biondi, who is part of Reccom of Pianc, I don't know if you know of them, probably, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, he wrote a fantastic piece on marina design, which is very comprehensive. It's, it's almost a sort of summary of the paper that, they, that Pianc re, um, released recently. And he was very generous in sharing all that information, you know, certainly for free, but dedicating his time. And he also helped me with the Spanish translation because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's never, never going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so, so his piece is very, very good. And, and of course, you know, from a design point of view, circular economy starts with design, doesn't it? Mm. So when we look at um, every aspect, both socially and environmentally, then, you know, you start up with a completely different picture, completely different set of objectives. And if you can mold your vision to that, then, you know, far more resilience in the future. Mm. So give me a, a practical example of a design, changing a design element of a marina that can can accommodate that that sustainability change. I think it's first recognising, you know, the context. Um, what have you got in the marina? What what do people need? What are what are the um the circumstances? What what do the local people require to be able to move forwards? What could you add to the local community as a as a as a marina? Um, are you going to be able to offer um work for the locals? Do they need training to be able to access those jobs? Um, are there natural assets in that space, such as um blue carbon spaces um that could certainly be protected, but more Used beneficially, perhaps for for wave mitigation, um, and certainly for you know, well, all, all of the the various um, opportunities that that they provide in terms of ecosystem services. Um, using space sensibly, recognizing, and again, it's it's about understanding the basics of it. Recognizing all the natural assets you have that are going to provide benefits for you as a marine in terms of protecting the space that you're in, and and also keeping the water clean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's it's been a massive focus of this conference that we're at at the moment, um, because we as boaters love our environment, and it's actually incredibly important for us to therefore work towards preserving us, and and also, it, even though compared to shipping, for example, we have a very very low impact. Um, uh, on the environment, say on a fuel consumption basis, something like that. Um, but the image of our, you know, fast power boats going through the water is one that the consumer sees and and sees us therefore as a, as a bad um, influence upon the environment. So I think just taking um, papers like yours and and really exploring how we as an industry can make a difference because we can. There's so many little things we can do. Um, you know. It, in our Freedom Boat Club, for example, at, at our marinas, I'd love to send everybody out and say every time you see a bit, bit of plastic, pick it up, bring it back, we'll deal with it, you know, because just taking every boater going out and taking a little bit of plastic out of the water every time they go is going to make a massive, massive difference um, to the world, just a little bit of action from everybody. So our consumers now look at us differently. They don't just look at the price of a marina. They look at how we're behaving. Um, I know you're a specialist in sort of cor corporate social responsibility and so on and so forth. So um, 
how do you like marinas to, would you like to see them moving forward in that space? Um, well, I think, you know, a nice space is to look at what works. You know, case studies recently, we put a, an article together on family values. So this is how um, family marinas can become more resilient because of their longevity, longevity, because they have that institutional memory, because they have um, reached out to their community, either because they've had to through confrontation or conflict or because they need to, because they, there's a sort of quid pro quo opportunity there. Um, they've developed this sort of cultural um, capital. They've become synonymous with their space. You know, they, um, and, and I think we can look a lot to how they operate within their community. Um, you know, th that's one example. And so other examples are um, boat folk, which we a very, very impressive chain of marinas in the UK. Um, they've been working with local um, conservation groups and foundations and, and, and um, they've done a huge amount of work, which is very impressive, protecting local species, um, creating little underwater um, or, or islands where they can observe and, you know, test, um, you know, the quality of their water and, and, and how different species can clean the water. Um, there are already many examples as everyone has said, I think during this conference, I don't know how many times we don't need to invent the wheel. Yeah. People are doing things very well all by themselves already. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, the starting point is to see what works and, and why it works. Yeah. Well, we saw a great example at uh, Marina de Lagos yesterday where they've put these, um, they're very simple. They're cages, they're open cages that they filled with oyster shells and so on. And they place them underneath the marina pontoons. And that provides um, an environment for fish to be able to, to grow, you know, their tiny little fish yeah. um, and have some protection, some space to be protected from predators to allow them to get to a certain size that they then have the ability to escape that predator if they need to. Um, and they they saw results within like two months of putting those in um, because they had uh, local universities involved in, in studying that and so on and so forth. So I think, I think that's something really exciting that marinas can do that can collaborate with universities and schools and studies um, to allow their environments to be, you know, explored and, and, and measured, um, to see, see what we're doing and how we can improve. I mean, we are a, a fish friendly marina, um, our, both of our marinas are called fish friendly marinas. Um, and we have set up those environments under pontoons and so on. So that, that, that nursery is created, if you like. Um, and it, it's always lovely when the kids come down and they see so many fish in our marina. And I guess they're a little bit surprised because they're expecting it to be a bad water environment, but it's not. It's actually we're, we're actively making it a great environment for our our wildlife. So, yes, it's, it's, it's a really interesting space and we've got a long, long way to go. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's a very exciting, I guess, it, you know, it's, it's actively doing things about it, isn't it? Well, I think, um, as you say, we can learn a lot from from scientific and uh, research institutes. One of one of the projects that we're doing is is, is quite similar to that, um, using different types of sensors, working with satellites, um, and seeing how we can help fill the ocean observation gap, um, where you know, particularly in, in very intensely occupied coastal areas, not that much information is being recovered. So, um, marinas could potentially be, you know, a very stable and scalable network 
of data providers in that respect. And that would, of course, help marinas to understand their environment, not just through um, you know, the very basic sort of sea level um, or temperature, but also perhaps acoustics. You know, let's learn about um, how how underwater noise might be affecting the local environment. Let's involve everybody. So, you know, the divers um, can be doing sort of biological work. They can they can track species together. Um, they can diversify their product range by having a more eco um, excursion for their for their divers. We're definitely excited about involving the civic side of it, so the local population can come in and do all sorts of things. Um, one of our marinas is working with a, a research institute to detect areas of microalgae um, production in the water. And um, so they have kits, so their, their boaters can either contribute with observations um, or they can pick up one of these kits from the marine office, you know, take a sample and bring it back. So that's where boaters are fantastic. They have this mobility. They can get out to the, to the, to the florations of these microalgae areas, send these back to the lab, and then the lab can understand where they've come from, why they're being developed, track them, of course. So it's a you know, very valuable contribution and something that boaters are interested in. If they see this discoloration of the water, they want to know what's going on. Mm. And so if they can join to sort of the, be recruited as, as part of the team to sort that or at least understand it, then all the better. Oh, I love that. So you're actually making a, a big difference. How does how does that feel for you? You you are making a big difference to uh, the environment, to marina operations. That must feel good. Um, well, I think we are making a small <laughs> difference, but um, there's so much desire. I think from the part of the of the marina community to do a lot as soon as we can. So, you know, it's definitely not me against the world. It's all of us you know, all flowing in the right direction. I don't, I don't think there's anyone, I haven't come across anyone who's not inspired by this topic. So, um, so it's not, it's not difficult to yeah. want to move forwards. Yeah. So in terms of moving forwards, where do you see Innova Marina going in the future? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, living for today, I don't know. Um, I absolutely don't know. I would just very much like to continue in the vein that it's going. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities. As I said, we've got this project um, coming up with Transio at the starting next year. It's a four-year project. The um, research guys and, and girls that we're working with are very excited about more possibilities. So um, it's going to be a lot of work. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And um, I think, you know, for now, it's probably going to be going to be good. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to the next conference, of course, um, which is one of our members who are hosting it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everything, everything we've seen in this conference has been, you know, inspiring. Today was extraordinary from a digital. I mean, that's another entire world yeah. of um, developments. So we're not stopping still. No, no, we're not. Well, we can't because, as we know, um, in any business now, if we stop still, we die. Yeah. So um, as marinas, we've really got to move. I mean, we're, so many things in the marina world have changed: the size of the boats, the the quality of the boats, the you know, that there's the demand of the customers, the transients of of customers rather than being just permanent customers, and and I, I think that um, you know other industries are leading the way in some areas. Car industry, for example, is is leading the way in some areas, um, and and then hotels are leading the way in other areas of, of what we do as well. So I think if we if we absorb some of that information from other industries as well, I think that is a way that we as marinas can progress and grow and and adapt to that 
new customer that that exists because mm-hmm. COVID, of course, brought us a whole bunch of new customers that had never been boaters before, and all of a sudden they're they've got these big boats and they're saying, "What do I do with this thing?" You know, mm-hmm. so they need our experience to to help them take care of it, to look after it, to to be boaters. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 very exciting. Um, being in the marina industry at the moment, I think we've got a long way. We've got a long way to, to go. But a lot of exciting but, avenues of edible. Yeah, yeah, I, and 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 conferences like we've been at this week. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I love that the marina industry, um, the Icomia conferences bring people from all around the world yeah. um, together, and we're we're all mates. You know, we <laughs> we're good friends. That's right. You know. Yeah. And um and I think that's a, a beautiful thing about this conference. Um Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It really is. It really, really is. It's it's um as as I uh you know, various people, you know, you, you meet them in the first day and they say, Oh, just so happy all I've been doing is hugging lovely people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so true. It's yeah. Great. It's an absolutely fantastic industry to work in. It really, really, really is. Yeah, yeah. I, I said to Carol, um, Carol Fulford from World Marinus uh magazine. So what's your favourite part so far? And she said, all the people arriving on the first day and hugging me. But <laughs> well, there you go. Another yeah. perfect example. Yeah. Exactly because that. because um we and I and I was talking to Elsa, who's um in the oh, tech Falco. space. Yeah. yeah. And she's from Falco in Paris. And uh she was um saying, you know, how uh, how lovely everybody is in this industry. And I said, I think it's got something to do with the fact that we're walking, working with water all the time. So we're we're generally happy happy people, yeah. you know, because we are. So we're working beautiful environment. They don't put boats in ugly places. So this conference is a perfect example. Example we're in the Algarve of Portugal, for goodness' sake. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we're going. Okay, this is tough. <laughs> <laughs> I know, what's not to like? What's I know, like? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very lucky. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think moving that out into the wider community, creating opportunities for people to be involved. Um, you know, using ocean literacy as as a tool to to reaching out and and allowing people to have more contact and more understanding of the ocean environment is essential. And obviously we're in the ocean decades, so there's a lot of energy going into that at the moment. Um, but it's it's definitely, we love it. We know we love it. We know yeah. everyone, you know, in it loves it. So it needs to be shared, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, it's been lovely talking to you, Melanie. I really appreciate you giving some of your knowledge and your time to us today. Um, anything you'd like to share with anybody that you think might be coming into the industry or considering coming into our industry that you you think is important that they need to know? Well, as, as you were saying earlier, there's so many different realms of this industry. There's so much, so many possibilities. Um, reach out as soon as possible. Um, get in touch with us. You know, Trans Europe is, is 80 marina strong. Um, we've got, a, you know, there are jobs coming up all of the time. Very eager um, to to um, welcome new talent. So, um, yeah, anything we can do, there we are. Fantastic. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you very much, Nikki. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you on the water soon.